this is Brooke Lurie, and this is the Brooke Lurie Podcast. With me, as always, my good friend and producer, Ari David. Always a pleasure. Uh, today's theme, off the rails. And what do I mean by that? I mean that we have a, uh, an administration and, to some extent, a country that is now going off the rails. Uh, we're talking about um, people that uh, want to run this country and they want to get great results, but somehow manage to always bungle it. So, uh, from the small to the big, uh, we're talking about those three Afghan soldiers who recently escaped from prison. Uh, where was it? What state, Ari, was that in? Uh, I think it was, it was in the mainland. I know that. The three Afghan soldiers New, it was New were Jersey. being trained. The soldiers who tried to defect, you mean? Or the no, no, the, the Afghan soldiers in America, they were... Yeah, they were training at an army base here in Cape Cod, in Massachusetts. Cape Cod, that's it. And they were caught at Niagara Falls trying to smuggle themselves into Canada. Yeah. But there's no suspicion here. No, not at all. So that's one, one issue. Okay. Then uh, another somewhat small but uh, significant issue is this intruder named Omar Gonzalez, who apparently jumped the fence at the White House and managed to get all the way to the uh, door of the White House. Inside. Inside the, the White door. House, yeah. Without uh, anyone stopping him. So... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's that's another thing. So that's the small part of it. Now, the the bigger parts, or the medium-sized part of it, which is going to be pretty big now, um, two that come to mind is Obamacare. Obamacare, now the, um, it turns out that the enrollments are now being adjusted significantly downward from, I think it was 800,000, no, sorry, 8 million, down to 6.5 million. Why? Because uh, they discovered that a lot of these people were, in fact, not enrolling they were not paying the premiums, and of course, it only means something if they're paying the premiums, right? So, uh, and you would think that even adjusted for all that, there would be more than 8 million people by this, by this time, right? Maybe, maybe only 9 million, I put only in quotes, uh, because surely many more people must have signed up. But the numbers have actually decreased from the 8 million estimate to 6.5 or so million. So this is an embarrassment, and it's as if nobody's keeping track of this. Do they, do they not have some sort of website that indicates how many people are actually signing up for the Obamacare uh, plan? What, what's going on here? This is you, you can't keep track of this simple thing? It makes you wonder, by the way, when they do the 10-year uh, census, is that accurate in any way, shape, or form? I mean, if they, if they gave this to a private organization, perhaps they would get a lot more accuracy. But... I'm beginning to think that the census uh, is, is totally way off track. And it, at the very least, it's subject to great politicization. And I, I'm, I'm concerned about that. But that's off the rails, right? The Ob- Obamacare is now officially off the rails. And then uh, we also have the IRS quagmire that's going on. With uh, uh, The IRS is collapsing. There's, it seems like the morale of the IRS people, anybody working there, I, w- I would hate to be an employee at at the IRS. It's such a gargantuan behemoth of, of a maze of a cluster F. You, you just can't... I mean, what's going on over there? You know, all, you know, controlled by all these regulations and rules that nobody understands and, and the auditors don't know themselves. They, they can't possibly know what's going on. But putting that aside, we've got Lois Lerner and the emails. And it just, it's becoming very clear, despite this interview that she re- recently gave with Politico, where she thought she was going to get some, some love, uh, it didn't quite work out the well, uh, as well as she thought it was going to. 
And it turns out no one can give her a job. No one's going to give her a job whatsoever. She's, she's a partisan, and she looks very shrill. And she and her husband apparently have uh, just spent hundreds of thousands on lawyers' fees at this point. I wonder why, uh, especially after she's pled the fifth. So you would think that that wouldn't matter anymore. Just plead the fifth. That, that's, that's about 100 bucks of advice. Plead the fifth. <laughs> but she goes on and on about this. So uh, some lawyers made some great amount of, uh, good amount of return on that one small bit of advice. Anyway, she's an embarrassment through and through. But it's an embarrassment for the administration. It's yet another example of how the administration is going off the rails. Because guess what? The IRS, the issues of, with Lois Lerner fall right at the administration's doorstep. End of story. And now, my friends, to the big one. The Iraq situation, the Iraq and Syria situation, and, and of course ISIS, generally speaking. And now there's this new uh, terrorist group that we just learned about in the past day or two. Uh, do you remember the name of it? Uh, soon it'll be on, the, on, on everyone's tongue. I forgot. The it's name like of it. Khartoum or something. I, I forget. But it's um, it's really a uh, uh, Cor- Corazon. Corazon. Corazon, yeah. Corazon, with K-H, I think, at the which beginning. Which unfortunately sounds an awful lot like Corazon, which is the word for heart in Spanish, so it makes me think they're coming across the border. I was just going to say that. Oh, no. Not. <laughs> sorry. All right. And anyway, then, yeah, sorry, he says, I wasn't going to say that. Ridiculous analogy. <laughs> this segue has not been brought to you by Barack Lurie. Anyway, um, you have... You have uh, this Corazon group also engaging in, in terrorist activity uh, and really bad stuff. And they are indeed an al-Qaeda offshoot, just like ISIS was. So you're going to see many more of these uh, terrorist groups that no doubt have their own opinions of the way of how to commit mayhem and murder. But nevertheless, uh, from your standpoint, my dear American citizen, uh, you won't care who's killing you. All you care about is that you're being killed, right? So... The, the Iraq situation and Syria, of course, is, is a situation that's gone off the rails. How do I say that? Because, you know, President Obama uh, retreated from Iraq without a single man left standing there. And he thought it was actually going to be just fine. Let them handle their own thing. And, of course, he said it himself. He said, we've left Iraq with a stable... Uh, self-sustaining government and all the wonderful words that he used to say that Iraq should be taking care of itself. Okay, well, it wasn't ready, as it turns out, just like any idiot would have told you. Uh, my my five-year-old, my two-and-a-half-year-old son would have been able to tell you this basic law of, uh, of military conflict. You don't just leave it completely in a vacuum. So then there's this huge conflagration of ISIS and horrific things that would never have happened had we still had American troops there. And then he says, well, we're going to have a strategy. We're going to fight this. We're going to fight back on this. And recently he's launched a whole bunch of uh, missiles and all from the sea, of course. And no doubt they have some sort of ground operations, covert operations uh, on the ground. And hopefully they're somewhat effective, but they're not. And uh, now there's now he expects to be applauded with a pat on his back, saying, good job, good job, Mr. President, when he's, at best, fighting the very evil that he himself allowed to flourish. What, what, what is this nonsense? Sir, you are off the rails. 
you're just cleaning up the mess. You're not even you're not even successfully doing it, but your attempt is to clean up the very mess that you created. Again, we call that irony. And it's, uh, it's an embarrassment to the administration. It's, it's, a, it's an embarrassment to us Americans. Everyone knows what happened, including the enemy. This is an administration, and to some extent, a country that is now going off the rails. Uh, there are other big ticket items, right? The school system is falling apart. Um, and it has been falling apart for many decades, in fairness to Obama. Um, but it's, it's the ideas that um, Obama embraces that has caused it to fall apart. We have an immigration situation that's gone off the rails. Uh, you know, nobody's even talking about that anymore. All these children that are still flooding the border. Uh, what, what's the estimate? It's going to be 100,000 by the end of 2014. Kids. And uh, we won't know what to do with them. And sure we do. Public school. Yeah, I guess so. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's all a big shanda, as we say. It's, a, it's Yiddish for shame. And, and it's a true shame what's going on. And no one's doing anything about it. It's just one cluster F after the other. This is, you know, and, and, and the administration is tripping upon itself. If it's not the immigration issue, then as a crisis, then it's going to be the ISIS as a new crisis. If it's, it's going to be Iran, which, which seems to have gone completely by the wayside, by the way, the whole nuclear issues that are involved in. I can't, I don't think we have enough time on this, on this, what we normally have about a 30, 30 plus minute podcast. I don't think I, I even have 30 minutes to list all the cluster Fs that are going on here. You need to give an eight-and-a-half-hour Castro-type speech. Right. To, J- just to list them. To list them, without any commentary. Just fast, furious, IRB, right. IRS, NSA. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't even mentioned uh, Russia and Ukraine. Of course, now I am, but but what about that? I mean, and now they're threatening the Baltics. There's a... Uh, no, wait, wait, wait. The Baltics being Estonia, Lithuania, and right. so on. And Russia thinks that uh, those countries still belong to Russia, and they don't understand why these countries claim to be independent countries. They're, they're rogue countries, and now they're testing the waters. I think they just kidnapped somebody from Estonia, a government official, uh, just to test the waters a little bit. And those are NATO countries. When attacked by treaty, all of the NATO members are supposed to then be at war with whoever attacks them. Well, it's not going to happen. Because, of course, the precedent was set because the same type of treaty existed for Ukraine. Well, And today it was revealed, I'm not sure of the source, but I wouldn't pass this off as false yet because it sounds like it could be credible. Looks like Turkey is now developing nuclear weapons. Why not? Why not? Well, here's, I mean, look, we, we, many podcasts ago we talked about uh, speaking about off the rails, right? Um, train tracks and such. We talked about a train, we, we envisioned a train barreling down this mountain coming against another train that may be stationary or just coming. Uh, in the opposite direction. And we just know that this is going to be a horrible train wreck. And we're seeing it now. And, and we talked about it being in super slow motion because these things do happen in slow-mo. But it's happening right before our eyes. That's what it is. And, and, and if you were to see that, you would say you would run to the conductor somehow if you could actually reach him and, and tell him, you've got to switch the train track or the other one switch the train track. Get out of the way right now. But here's the problem. That train conductor himself is moving in slow motion. He hears in slow motion. He thinks in slow motion. 
So as, as much as you can see the whole picture and the inevitability of everything that's going to happen, you, you can't do anything about it. And, and yes, we can podcast about it. We can yell from the top of our, of our lungs. But these people are all in slow motion. They, they don't see what we see so easily. Well, you're still coming out of it, I believe, from the wrong premise. I think, and by the way, it's not the conductor, it's the engineer. Thank you. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Uh, Who is the conductor then? The conductor is the guy who takes the tickets. Oh, uh, yes, you're right. Okay, go, go ahead. He goes all aboard. Yeah, the engineer. Okay. He deals with um, customer service. <laughs> the engineer drives the darn thing. All right, go ahead. But engineer. Anyway, I, I'm of the belief that the engineer wants the train to crash. Yeah. Uh, the it, intentional. Uh, it, it may very well be, but... but Okay, fair enough. But even so, no one's, no, no one even among the liberal camp, and many of them love America just as much as you and I do. They just they're misguided as to what works. We've talked about that before, and even they should be able to see this slow motion train crash that's about to happen, and you would expect them to to say something about it. But but no, there's not a word, not a pip out of them. And, and not even a historical significance. I mean, you know how they, they, they say now that the world is smaller than ever before? And, and they, obviously, it's not, they don't mean it literally because, um, you know, and, and somehow the earth is shrinking. No, they mean it in the sense that transportation has made our ability to go from one country to another in hours as opposed to months. And uh, that's the way it is. I'm going on a trip soon, and I'm going to be halfway across the world, and it'll take me about 15 hours to do so. It's kind of cool. But likewise, uh, when it comes to uh, information, we should be able to, to be able to process this sort of information super duper quickly. And we can't seem to do that. And history, even more significantly, is, is becoming truncated into a really small time set. I mean, we are seeing the results of the Obama disaster in leaving Iraq super quick. Right, relatively speaking, when you think about it, it's not as if it happened 20 years ago and say, "Well, this is the result of you know, or 30 years ago, this is the result of Jimmy Carter, blah blah blah." You know, we can we can make those connections if you like, but it, that would be so attenuated that even though you and I see it, you would say, "Well, you can't really see it." But now we're we're talking about weeks, months. That's that's a very short time period. We're seeing the disaster of the Iraq pullout very quickly. Right? And, and it's so quick that we should be able to say, we should be able to point to, to the, the land of Syria and, and, and Iraq and say, you see? You see? Do you get it now? Do you agree now that this was a major F-up? Can you just admit? And yes, and we'll roll up our sleeves and we'll do something about this. But please, sir, please, Mr. Democrat, please don't do this again. Would you please learn from this? And instead, they just shake their heads and they say, we don't see the connection. You know, this is this is kind of like uh, the old cause and effect thing I, I talked about before uh, on this podcast, where I said, you know, if you were to take a gun and um, point to somebody's head and pull the trigger, and the the man fell instantly down to the ground, you would look at the man at the ground, look at the smoking gun, and say, I think that gun, the bullet from that gun, killed that man, right? And, and you'd be right. But then I always kind of take it one step further, and I say, okay, well, now, instead of it being instantaneous like that, the, the, the man doesn't, it's not point blank, but maybe he's, you know, three feet away, and you hit him in the head as well with the gun, and he doesn't quite fall. And he just kind of talks a little bit, and then, ten seconds later, he, he falls to the ground, and then he dies. 
you'd probably still say, well, I, I think that that gun killed that man. Okay? The shooting of that gun, into, a bullet into the brain, that probably killed the man. But then you take it further and further. Instead of 10 seconds, it's now an hour. Instead of an hour, it's now 10 hours. Instead of 10 hours, it's 10 days. Then it's 10 weeks. At some point, you, you begin to wonder, well, did that bullet really kill that man? You know, he'd otherwise have been healthy. He was, he was 35 years old, let's say, and he had no heart disease or anything else. But it seemed that there were a lot of complications associated with, uh, with, his, uh, with his death. And uh, so maybe the bullet wasn't the thing that actually did it. And uh, who's to know, right? And it's, it's, it reminds me of the famous Woody Allen uh, obituary where they said he died of a combination of uh, many years of whooping cough and a bullet in his head. Right? I mean, it, it's probably the bullet in his head that killed him. And this is the way a lot of the liberals think. They don't see this cause and effect. There's this interceding period between the time that we all left Iraq and there are no soldiers whatsoever left in Iraq. And it's, it's a matter of, uh, you know, a year and a half, two years. And then this conflagration of crazies that come up. So, you know, uh, the, the Democrats will tell you, well, who's to say? Who's to say that they wouldn't have been there anyway, Mr. Lurie? I'm to say that. You know, but they're, they're doing exactly the same equivalent of what I just described, where the man dies not instantaneously, but maybe 10 minutes after. That's what it is. And they're looking at the 10 minutes and say, yeah, there was a, well, there was a bullet in his head, but... Who's to say that he wasn't dying of something else? Did you see his cholesterol level? Did you see his body mass? <laughs> exactly. He was overweight. Yeah. He enjoyed an Oreo cookie once. That could have done it. That's right. So this, this, is, the, this is the issue that I have uh, so much with uh, our, our friends on the left is that they don't, they don't see cause and effect. And, and here we have it. And it, it kind of leads to such bad policy decisions. So now they're talking about ISIS and they have to deal with ISIS. But lost in all this discussion, and even so in Fox News, you hear about it once in a blue moon, but I really wish they would really hammer it home. This problem is a problem of Obama's own making. We need some history about this. Sir, during your tenure as president, not so long ago, you made a really bad decision. You pulled out every single man from Iraq Consistent with your, your promise, but your promise was a dumb promise. It was a bad decision. And now we're stuck with you, and we have, to make, we have to make amends. We have to fix this mess that you created. Sir, you were off the rails. That's the whole point of this podcast. What are we going to do? And, and now what, what he does do is he sends a bunch of missiles into Iraq and Syria, and you know, we, we wonder what it's actually going to achieve. Uh, they talk about it being a, a, a conflict of years, not uh, weeks or days. Uh, you know, they're beginning to sound a little bit like uh, one George Bush that I knew. And, and he was right. He was right. But now they're, they're discovering, they're relearning this very same lesson. They, they, they want, on the one hand, to not be dragged into another ground war in Iraq, as to use his own quote, as if somehow we need to disengage ourselves from the world and if only we were just not engaged in the world 
then those, those Muslim terrorists would just leave us alone. That's Because that's the reason why. Never mind that they've completely put the cart before the horse on that reasoning, but that's their logic behind it. Okay, so now they're engaging in a war that they have said correctly, I think, that it'll last years and years and years. But I thought that their whole mantra was that we need to be out of that region altogether. I mean, do you think that the, the terrorists will like us more because we're bombing them with missiles instead of sending in actual troops to kill us with bullets? I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, look at their own logic, which states explicitly, we are the cause of it because of our military, uh, what's the presence, adventurism, yeah. or yeah. Adventurism. whatever it is, right? So now we engage in more adventurism, and that will somehow make our enemies love us? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's insanity. Trying try to find logic inside the democratic uh, policy making machine is like trying to find uh, Israeli memorabilia in uh, Roger Waters' uh, office or like trying, trying to find uh, something funny that uh, Al Franken has ever said. Uh, trying to find intelligence in Joe Biden. Or how about integrity in Lois Lerner? I mean, it's, these, things are, these things are impossible to find. But there's no logic in the democratic platform, at least not anymore, in the, in the traditional democratic platform. And, and indeed, if you ask your classic, uh, classic liberal friend, you'll say, please tell me your overarching arching theme when it comes to liberalism or the democratic policy. Tell me how it all, you know, the universal theory of everything when it comes to the democratic policies, right? What is it? I can tell you what conservatism is all about. You know, I would say it's about limited government and respect for the individual. How about that? I think it's a fair statement, and, and, and everything kind of flows from, from those basic concepts. But they'll say, they'll just be all over the place because they'll say, well, we believe in individual rights too. And then, but then you'll be able to shoot that down and say, well, you, you believe in individual rights, but on the other hand, you want us to, to, to take away all of our guns from us. And on the other hand, you'll also, you, you don't care about the rights of the unborn. I mean, we can go. It's very easy to shoot them down. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Plastic bags, fur coats, high fat meat. It, all of these you're you're taking from me. How could you be about freedom for anyone? Right, and and, and then it's gone immediately. And and they're they're very righteous about some things. And then they and when it comes to um, it, never taking a stand on on the issue of of who committed um, and for for what reason they committed the Fort Hood massacre. That they're very nuanced about, but when it comes to something like Fort, uh, sorry, with the the kid in Ferguson or um, T- Trayvon Martin, yeah, Mike Brown, Mike Brown, right, Mike Brown or Trayvon Martin, well, then then they're absolutely sure it was motivated by race. You know that they're totally sure about, and of course not just the standard lefty, but even the president himself. He he went right to the TV cameras and rushed out and put himself in front of the microphone and said. You know, uh, that Trayvon could have been my own son. Yeah, sort of Henry thing. Louis Gates, my friend at Harvard. The police acted stupidly. Stupidly, exactly right. These are the things that they have no trouble saying. But, but we're just simply going on and on about the, about the tremendous internal inconsistencies of the democratic platform. Okay, now the, the liberal will say in response, well, Barack, what about this one guy who, you know, uh, promotes family values? And then we see him, you know, going to Argentina 
uh, and having an affair with, with another woman. Yeah, okay, he's internally consistent. But, the, but his platform itself is not inconsistent. He, you know, it's, it's like you can say, I, I, I believe in a speed limit, but sometimes I go beyond the speed limit. You know, it's, uh, and I get ticketed for it. Sometimes I believe in parking, uh, you know, fines when people overstep the, the hour or two that they're supposed to be there. That, that doesn't make me a hypocrite. When I, when I do get a ticket, it means I've overstayed my welcome. That's it. End of story. But these, their whole platform is internally inconsistent. It is rudderless. It is, it's like a sailboat without a sail. That's, that's what it is. And wherever the wind takes it, well, that's where the platform goes. That's where it goes. It's a sad state of affairs. I, 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 and, I, and I see it now in the administration. And what concerns me so much is that it's getting worse and worse and worse every, not year, of this Obama administration, but every week of this administration. I think I figured out what their platform is. I can I boiled it down to one sentence, and this is at best. It's government through criminal negligence at best. Yeah. At best, that that is taking into account my theories of intention uh, and putting them aside in yeah. Obama's case. At best. It's criminally negligent governance. Well, it's it's off the rails for for sure. Um, it it is to to say it it is criminally negligent. It's it's gotten to that point. It's gotten to the point where to have so recklessly pulled out of Iraq. Just an, I, you hear me talking about this all the time, folks. To me, it is such a crime what he did by pulling out every single man from Iraq. While he did promise it, he did. You know, telegraph that he was going to do that, and he, then he did it. It doesn't make it any better, of course, that he that he promised it. But not only did he expose this country to such evil as a result of pulling out everyone from Iraq, he did two other horrible things. One is that he eviscerated all the purpose and meaning of the fight that our brave men and women engaged in in Iraq while they were there, fighting for Iraq for the liberty and freedom of Iraq and the, for the voting that they were to do, it's all gone now, all gone. And the next thing that he did, which was horrible as a result of this pullout from Iraq, was he degraded the uh, power and prestige of the United States of America simply because every country now in the world, not just our friends, but our enemies as well, know that you can't count on America, that America is fickle, that America does things ad hoc. It doesn't follow through on its previous president's platforms, treaties, or wars. Commitments. Commitments. That's, that's a good word. It doesn't follow through. So if you're, in a, if you're in a situation, if you're an enemy of America and you have a conservative president who is doing what we believe to be the right thing, prosecuting the war, doing it right, staying in there for as long as possible, then all you need to do is, hey, let's wait till the next election because the next president might very well be from the other party and he'll just wipe his hands clean of anything that ever happened, pretend that the previous president was evil, and uh, wipe out all of his previous efforts and commitments, like you say. That's all they have to do. And that is the signal that we have sent. And that, my friend is criminal. 
there's there's almost nothing worse you could have done. Now I see one thing that borders on worse. It might not be worse, but borders on there, which is we've taken all the people on the ground in Iraq, civilians who live there, many of whom are victims of what's going on there now, who had a positive image of America, who loved America, who Obama has now given them reason to hate America. And have given them good reason to hate America. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, America did do that to them in, in a way. Yeah, from, from their perspective. pulled away and allowed their children and their women to be raped and slaughtered. Well, you can't fault the Iraqis and the Syrians, or for that matter, any Arab now looking to America as the savior. Uh, you, know, you know, what's that expression? Um, the, 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 I don't know whether it's five or ten most terrifying words that you can hear, which is, I'm from the government and I'm here to help, right? And, and why do they say that? It's terrifying. It's because, you know, we just know they're like the cat in the hat. You know, they'll, they'll come over and they'll destroy things. It'll be that much, much more mischief you'll have to deal with in your life. And it's just not something you're looking forward to. And we put ourselves in that same position when it comes to America helping uh, this or that country that is now dealing with war. And the, we put themselves put ourselves in a position where, you know, that, that random Arab citizen listens to an American soldier and says, hi, young man, I'm, we're from America. We're the good guys. We're here to help. And you can't blame that teenage boy who might actually believe in America from looking at that soldier askance and saying, okay, right, with a lot of hesitation because who knows what these Americans will ultimately do with us. Will they run away from us at the first bullet, like the United Nations does every single time, by the way? What's going to happen? And, and that's the ultimate problem that we have with this administration. They've created such unpredictability, not just in the economy, but now in foreign policy. Anything can happen. If, if, you were to, if tomorrow's news included a story that Russia has just invaded Estonia or Lithuania or both, frankly, I wouldn't be surprised. It, it wouldn't, uh, I would just throw up my hands and say, okay, I, I guess. Saw that coming. Well, they not even saw that coming. It's just like, sure. That, you know, what would have been outrageous news in the old days is just page 34 of the New York Times now, or any newspaper. That, that's all it would be. It should be the front page, but it's not going to be. And the immigration crisis should still be the front page. Ukraine should still be front page. But they're not, neither of them. The IRS scandal should be front page. Right, you name it. That's good. We're getting a big page. Yeah. Uh, if we just can't fit in. It's all the news, that fit, that's, news that's fit to print, right? Yeah. But, but you can't fit it all anymore. Right. Certainly not on the front page. And it's just, there's too much news now. There's too much to talk about. It's, it's, we can't jam this all in. As you said, we, we would have to have a Castro-like length speech in order just to list the problems, the, the, the F-ups that are going on here. And if you are a fan of Obama, if you think that he's doing a great job, by all means, email me. Email me and tell me why we're, we're wrong on this. Uh, and in fact, I'll make it easier for you. Just tell me three areas. You don't even tell me, you don't have to justify all of the things that he's done. Just tell me three areas that you think he's done a great job in. 
And, uh, and if, you can, if you can prove and back up your statement, the three areas that he's done a really great job on, and, and, you, and, and you, you'll hear it from us, we'll say, okay, you know, John from uh, Tallahassee, Florida, has uh, basically convinced us that there are three areas. We, don't, we disagree with a lot of the other things that he's done, but, but John has shown us three areas of success the Obama administration. Uh, we'll send you out a nice uh, lunch certificate, perhaps even better, depending on how well you back up your, your references. Doesn't make Obama a good president, but I still want to see just three successes. Three. Now, and don't give me, uh, by the way, things that are just impossible to prove um, such as, well, the recession it would have been far worse if it weren't for his stimulus program. Or he made the sea levels drop. Yeah, or, or maintain yeah, them. So, me- measure that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, these are, those are arguments at best, and they're certainly not provable. You need to, to tell me, I mean, for example, you could say, uh, a legitimate argument would be to say, well, he killed bin Laden, or he, he ordered the killing of bin Laden. We could, we could argue about that, but it's true that he was the president that gave the order to finally kill Bin Laden. Right. We, we, can, we can argue about that point. That it would be at best one of the three, um, and even then I'm, I'm, I can't tell you that that would be a great success, but I would give it to you. I would give that one. Anyway, this is a, an administration that has clearly gone off the rails, and what it concerns me so much, as I was just about to say, is that it's as if the whole world is now discovering that this administration is off the rails. And, and concluding that America itself is going off the rails. And how much worse will it be? How many more things are going to happen in these next two and a half years? Because it ain't over, folks. <laughs> the scandals have only just started. You think that they're ending. If you're, you're on, the, on the left and you enjoy Obama's speeches and everything else, and, and you're just saying, gosh, I, just, I hope the IRS scandal ends. I hope... Let's, you know, let's, uh, what's, what's the expression? Put your finger in the dike, so to speak, uh, of this ISIS situation and deal with uh, this renegade country called Russia and Iran and all those things. You know, folks, you're, uh, you're being very naive. There are going to be many more things to come, many more disasters. Folks, uh, I hate to leave this on a depressing note, but that's what it is. And you have to realize the reality of, of this administration. It's an administration that is in a slow-moving train crash. And it's happening before our very eyes. And it will last, this crash, a lot longer. As we, uh, and it will have many more consequences as time moves forward in these next two and a half years. Folks, this is Barack Lurie. This has been the Barack Lurie Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll talk to you real soon.